One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is. Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now. Whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremover.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremover.com. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee podcast. Today, guys, I have stepped it up a notch. I've taken us to the UK and I've got an epic guest here for you today. Mr. Matt Mossier, he is a fitness model. He's got, he's a vlogger. He's got, he's got over 300 million views on YouTube. He's got a book, 24-7 Body. He's, he's done bits. He's, he's trialed out for the Olympics the man has done everything. He's like a chiseled Greek god on the screen right now. This is why. This is this is 100% why you should be watching this on YouTube and not listening to it on Apple because you're missing out on an absolute treat, girls. So welcome to <laughs> welcome to the podcast, bro. Thanks for mate. having me, mate. That was, a, that was an. Uh, I feel like under pressure. That was a big build up. I feel like uh, you. I thought you put the pressure right on me. That I need. To, like, I need to. Mate, you're 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 like when I look at you, you're look you're like how I wanted to look like as a kid growing up. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like I'm, <laughs> I'm looking in the mirror and I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, man, I, I I don't know what went wrong, but something went wrong. But mate, I think the best, but the best place with you, mate, you've done so much. Obviously, like you, you obviously best-selling author now in the UK. You know, two that's million, mad, two million. That, that's two, mad, by the way. It's like, yeah, mad, you know, mad scenes. You, you, two million, two million. Do you know what I mean? So, as if I'm a best-selling author, that's ridiculous. Should yeah, but two, two million um, subs on YouTube, man. One million followers on 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 IG. Really highly engaged audience around fitness and all that, all that good stuff. But I really want to get into obviously you growing up with you. I, I presume, obviously, growing up in the UK. There was, there was talk about obviously I, I don't know where it comes into play with you but I think you were going through a lot of um, eating disorders in the early days and stuff like that and, and coming through that and, and that's why you kind of got into the fitness stuff yeah so, so that so <clears throat> the eating disorder stuff was was more so like when I was training as a triple jumper so I think it's it's way more prevalent than people realize particularly like with guys because guys don't tend to talk about that stuff right but in any like you know high level sport particularly when there's a or almost exclusively when there's like a big emphasis on body weight right i.e you can't be too heavy or in fact even if you you know you, I, I had it where you have to hit a certain weight you've got to be heavier than you would be naturally it's very you know it's almost inevitable that you're going to run into some kind of eating disorder right when you are under severe pressure to eat a certain way it's almost, you know, it's obvious that you're going to develop some problems there, right? Because if you're yeah. forcing yourself to, to eat, uh, you know, whatever, you know, a minimal amount of food or a certain type of food or avoid a certain type of food and you're doing it day in, day in, day in, you know, it's that, that's what frequently happens. And again, it's not really spoken about that much. I think it's a bit of a taboo. Like, I think for guys, it's a, it's a bit awkward. I don't know, guys see it as like a, you know, a weakness or it's a bit embarrassing, but, you know, referring to it as an eating disorder. But that's what it is. If you look at, you know, bodybuilders right now, you know, com- compared to the bodybuilders, for example, They've almost all got eating disorders, right? Because they are literally starving themselves, you know, almost to the point of death. And then they'll then, you know, after their shows, just going absolutely berserk and eat, you know, ten thousand calories a day for a period and just balloon. So that that is an eating disorder. That is an extremely unhealthy relationship with food, whereby you're, you know, relying yeah. on it to get certain outcomes. So for me, it was like as a triple jumper, obviously you're trying to jump far, right? So in simple terms, you know, the lighter you can be whilst retaining your, you know, physical attributes, the further you're going to jump, right? So I would, back in those days, I didn't know as much as I do now about nutrition. So I just simply ate, you know, I just ate massively under eight. I would not eat enough food. And I slowly, you know, um, associated being light or being skinny with, with jumping further, right? So I, it would just... Yeah. As my season progressed, I would just eat less and less and less. And then what I would do is I would compete and then I'd 
it started out I'd compete then I'd go and have to grab some donuts as like a bit of a reward right then it became like so that's like a cheat meal then it was like oh I'll just eat loads of crap for the for, 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 for the remainder of the day so it was like a cheat day and then it you know it spiraled to it became like you know a three four day absolute eating bender um so by the you know by the end of the season Monday to Friday I'd be eating you know absolutely minimal calories way you know way less than I should have been eating considering I was training you know for hours every day and then it would be like I said, followed by two, three, four days of just absolutely ridiculous amount of food consumption, you know. And, and it was to the point where like I didn't even really. It wasn't even like I, I was like wanting to do. It. it was almost just like just like a habitual thing, you know. Like if I competed badly, it was even worse. I'd just go absolutely nuts and just eat a mad amount of food, you know. So yeah, that I think that's very common. That kind of you know uh, being so uh, cycle, isn't it? Cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like I, I said, it's very hard to get out of. I think a lot of people go go through that, not just not just in sports, obviously in, in life as well. Like you know, break up with an ex partner, start eating crap food. Um, but but like I love the way you've put that actually, because even when you're eating what you term to be a diet, that that is kind of an eating disorder as well, because you're restricting yourself to just these certain types of foods. And I, until you said that, I'd never thought of it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, like I said, you're you're, you're... The whole concept of a diet is just enormously flawed because the, a diet, right, implies that it's a it's a thing, it's a period of time in which you're going to be eating a certain way, right? And then the implication is, well, what happens when that's finished? You then go back to eating, you know, loads of shit, or you know, like that. that it's not, it's a temporary state, right? Whereas, obviously, for it to be sustainable, like if you're looking to lose weight, you know, seriously, then it needs to be something you can do forever. Like if you're eating a certain way now, now the exception again is like, if you're an elite athlete, that's different, right? But for the average population, if you're eating a certain way now and you can't see yourself doing that for the rest of your life, it's a waste of time. Stop doing it because you're not, you know, at some point you're going to revert to what you're doing previously and then you're probably going to get bigger or, you know, more unhealthy than you were before that. So it's about finding things that you can, um, you know, utilizing your everyday life that you can keep doing forever that aren't a massive ball ache and a massive chore. If it's like every day you're getting to the end of the day and you're like desperately hanging on, come on, I can do this, I can not eat that donut for one more day. As if, you know, you obviously can't keep doing that forever, right? You're not, you're not a monk. Like you get, you know, one in a million people that just have this weird ability to not want to eat bad food, but most people want to eat donuts and McDonald's and pizza. And if you're constantly, you know, like, like in, um, in dodgeball, you know, like you're like sniffing hot dogs and depriving yourself of eating them. Like you cannot yeah. keep doing that forever. So that's not going to work. Find a better way of doing it. You know, you, you've you've literally just talked right into my life there because like I've 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 been going to the gym for years. I've been around the boxing gyms and all that in the UK and and all that stuff. But like literally, mate, like at the moment I'm I'm on I'm on this diet. But everything you just said there is like is so is so true. Now, now if I even if I eat this diet for twelve weeks and I get in lean shape and I get ripped to bits, it's like what do I do then? Because now what what I'm what I'm actually on right now, now you've just said what you said. It isn't sustainable. So in in in, in regards to that, what how are you? How do you then make it so that you keep your body in the condition that you keep it in, but then keep it sustainable? So that someone, someone like myself, can like keep going through, get going through the motions as, as I get so, older and as I age. Yeah. So, so one of the biggest things is just your metabolism, right? So, like a lot of people, um, you know, essentially fuck themselves over because what they do is they do. In both, can, I, can I swear? Is that a thing? Yeah, mate, mate. Of course you can swear, mate. Of course, mate. Of course. I think I swore. I think I swore on the intro. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people will do, you know ridiculous diets that they'll see in like cosmopolitan magazine or whatever which is like you know 800 calorie diet yeah they'll eat 800 calories a day or a thousand calories a day for like a month right and they'll obviously lose loads of weight and then they'll they obviously can't sustain that and they go back to eating loads of food but in the process of eating such a restrict you know such a low number of calories your body adapts your your metabolism your metabolism adapts to that so if you're eating a thousand calories a day after a while you will stop losing weight on a thousand calories a day and a thousand calories a day will become your base level right that will become the point where you eat a thousand calories and your body weight stays the same right at that point yeah. you are literally fucked because what are you going to do you can't go any lower than that right and if you go back to eating your normal intake like say 1500 or 2000 calories a day you're going to balloon you know what i mean so you've inadvertently screwed yourself over by eating such a low number of calories and that's 
very common because people, like you said there, exactly that, they'll be like, right, I'm going to Greece in two months. I'm going to get absolutely diced. They go on a mad diet. They get absolutely shredded. They eat, you know, no calories at all. And then after their holiday, they go back to their normal, you know, their normal diet. And because their metabolism has slowed down so drastically, they just absolutely, you know, put on loads of fat and, you know, get even bigger than they were beforehand. And it's a constant cycle of like, yeah, that exact thing, getting lean, getting fat, getting lean, getting fat, you know. So the the way, work around that, if you are in a position where your metabolism is slow and you'll find, you know, you're, eat, you're not eating much food and you're, and, and on that quickly, this is a key point. Lots of people say, oh, you know, I'm eating hard anything. I'm, I'm not losing weight. I mean, are you? That's the first thing I would say, right? Just quickly make sure, like, keep some kind of vague diary, just track calories for a, for a week, just out of interest, because a lot of people eat things without realizing, do you know what I mean? They'll, they almost yeah. forget, you're making a meal and they'll be eating stuff as they go, like, keep track of that, because, you know, eat stuff with oil on, eat stuff with butter on, you can rack up calories very quickly. So just first, just make sure you're, you're definitely aware of how many calories you're eating, because it may be as simple as, you're eating more than you realize, and actually you can cut calories pretty comfortably and lose weight. That's the first thing, right? If you are genuinely not eating very many calories and you're still struggling to lose weight, then you essentially have a slow metabolism, right? Now, that may that may be innate. You may be born with a slow metabolism, in which case, like, your parents have mugged you off there and you have to try and work around that. <laughs> if it's not the case, right, and you've conditioned your metabolism to be slow, i.e. you've eaten, you know, hardly any food for a long period of time, you can do a reverse diet, right? So you essentially, it's a bit of a pain, I talk about it in the book, it's basically, it's a very painstaking process, but you need to track your calories and you, it's the process of slowly increasing your calorie intake over a very long period of time, right? So for example, yeah, if you've got Steve and Steve's eating 1500 calories a day and he's not losing weight, right? Now, for a guy, that's, that isn't ideal. You need to be consuming more calories than that, right? So what I would say to Steve is for a week, eat 1500 calories right then for the following week or for the you know like for play it by ear see how you know how adaptive your metabolism is but let's say two weeks right for two weeks you eat 1500 calories for the following two weeks you're going to ramp it up to 1600 or maybe even 1550 calories you're basically going to keep taking very small jumps up in your calorie intake over a long period of time so maybe every two weeks you jump up like i said by 50 calories or 100 calories play it by ear but what you do is by taking those small jumps, it's not enough of a surplus to gain any significant weight, right? And over a period of, say, six months, you'll find that if you're taking little jumps every week or every two weeks, in six months' time, you're suddenly eating 2,000 calories a day. But because you've done it so slowly, your body, you know, your, your body's been able to adapt to that as you go. And yeah. then six months down the line, you're at a point where you're eating 2,000 calories a day, and you're still, you know, not your your body's still at a you know a level. You're not losing or gaining body weight. Now, you may gain a tiny bit of fat in the process, but it's going to be minimal, right? And the trade-off is that you've now conditioned your metabolism to be able to handle far more calories, right? And at that point, when you're then eating a more sensible number of calories and you've got used to that, then you can be like, right, now let's let's try and, you know, drop our calories a bit, let's increase our cardio, whatever, and 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 and, and try and lose fat. So that's the one thing in terms of fixing your metabolism. Obviously, aside from that, it's just like your habits. So A, your activity, like I always say to people, like people that love, so I love eating donuts and cakes and stuff, right? If I ever wanted or want want to diet, like I would much rather, it's a scale, yeah? So you have the calories yeah. you're consuming and the calories you're burning. Now, you can just leave the calories you're burning where they are and drop the calories you're consuming. But for me, that sucks. Like I, it ruins my life. I like eating bad food. And if someone says you're never eating donuts or fast food and whatever again, like that's not for me. I, I'd rather... Do you know what I mean? I'd rather just be a mess and eat that stuff because I enjoy eating it. Like it's not the trade-off isn't worth it. So I would rather address this side of the scale, i.e., you can you know burn more calories. If you do another, you know, go for a walk for an hour a day or a slow jog or whatever, you can burn a good amount of calories. If you were to do like hit training, for example, not only do you burn calories in that period of time you're doing it, but you also have the the knock-on effect. So for the next hour or two hours, you've got an elevated heart rate, you're burning more calories, you're gonna build some muscle mass that's gonna help you burn more calories. Um, that makes it easier. So rather than have 12 hours a day of torturous not being able to eat food, have an hour a day of killing yourself in the gym or going for a run or whatever, and that makes the other 11 hours much easier because you can get away with eating more food, you know? So yeah, 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 yeah. You essentially want to condition your metabolism. You want to 
address your activity, i.e. do more, because like I said, I'd rather have an hour of, you know, killing myself in the gym and then be able to eat what I want than not train, you know, but have to constantly restrict myself because, again, that isn't sustainable. And then lastly, the actual food you're eating. Again, there are so many, like, you know, hacks, essentially. There are so many things you can eat that are, that are very dense, you know, voluminous foods, but aren't de- aren't heavy in calories. And, you know, for example... Give, give, me, give, give me an example, yeah. On a basic level, you can just get a couple of chicken breasts, yeah? You can put some nice, like, low-calorie sauce on them, cut them up and put them in a massive salad. You can make, like, an actual, like, a fish bowl, right, of a chicken salad, right, that you can make nice if you put, you know, good dressings and stuff on it. That could be, like, 500 calories, and you will struggle to finish it. You'll finish it, and you'll be so unbelievably full, right? And it's 500 calories. You take the 500 calories and you, you eat them at McDonald's, like one single Big Mac. It won't even touch the side. So your food choices have a massive impact as well. You know, if you're eating foods that are calorie dense, you know, so like I said, McDonald's or, you know, chocolate sweets. If you're eating that stuff all the time, you're going to rack up calories and you're not going to be full. And because of that huge, you know, sugar consumption, you're going to be getting these insulin spikes where you, you feel like you want to eat bad food all the time. Whereas if you replace that with big, massive, massive foods that are high in protein and high in fiber, you're going to feel full. And when you feel full, you are far less likely to crave crappy food. You know, if you want to eat bad food, like eat it. You know, if you want to eat pizza, have some pizza. Just don't eat loads of pizza every day because that obviously, you know, unless you're a wizard, you can't sustain a good physique on that diet. But like I said, if you say, right, that's it. As of tomorrow, I'm never eating pizza and donuts again. That's not going to happen. You are not going to sustain that. At some point, you're going to give in, and then you're going to eat 20 pizzas and million donuts and just become an absolute mess. So just you know, eat stuff in moderation. Choose, you know, let's say like three quarters, right, or 75%. 75% of your food consumption, maybe 80%, should be high in fiber, high in protein, massy foods that aren't very high in calories, right? That's going to fill you up. And then for the remaining 20%, then you can eat, you know, whatever you want to eat, chocolate, donuts, whatever. But because you've eaten the majority of your food from, like I said, massy, low-calorie foods, you'll feel full, your calorie consumption as a total won't be too high, and it makes it like an enjoyable, not or not even, even if it's not enjoyable, at least it doesn't suck. That's the main thing, right? If your diet sucks yeah. and you that again why are you doing that to yourself you don't need to you know that there is the odd extreme case you know if you weigh 40 stone you're probably gonna have to go nuts to to cut down right but for the average person you shouldn't have to do some wild calorie consumption i'm a monk i'm never eating chocolate again that that you don't need to do that it's not a sustainable process yeah i love it mate i love it and you know in regards to how how do you break it down in terms of like do you eat in a window or do you eat like are you eat like to just in, in regards to your physique like are you are you tracking it in terms of like just tracking it on something like a my fitness pal or something like that everything you eat so you see everything you eat and are you eating in a certain window of time or are you eating every two hours or how are you sustaining the body to keep it in the kind of shape that you're keeping it in yeah so uh so I have like my own app. I have an app called the Morsey app. I, I get my like a lot of my meals and like my tracking my calories are through that. To be honest, I don't, I'm very fortunate. I, I like me and my siblings all share a very fast metabolism, right? So I can eat a lot of food. And yeah. So, so whereas the average person may <clears throat> burn 2000 calories a day, right? I burn like three, 4,000 calories a day. So I can eat much more food and maintain my physique. So I'm very fortunate in that sense. Okay. Uh, the only downside is that I used to be a powerlifter, um, and I needed in powerlifting you have weight category, so you've got yeah. You know, so I was in the 105 kilogram class, uh, so that means I'm up against guys that weigh like 104, 105 kilograms. Now, for me to get to that body weight, because my metabolism is fast, I was having to eat a ridiculous amount of food. So in that instance, it's quite annoying, but for the most of the time, it's great because it means I can I get have a lot more leeway with what I can eat, right? But in terms of the average person, like I think it's just finding what works for you. Like I said, those things that previously, that you know, in terms of what you should be eating, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the, in terms of like the way you eat or when you eat, like it's just personal preference. There is no, you know, people get so caught up in like different diets or approaches, like you know, intermittent fasting or keto, and they say, "Oh, I did a keto and I lost all this weight and got an amazing shape." Like that's great, but the reason you did that is because you, you know, you consumed less calories or you trained more. Keto or any diet, there's no magic diet that suddenly transforms your body. It's what yeah. you are eating, you know, the volume, the the type of food you're eating. That that's it. So if a certain diet like intermittent fasting helps you achieve the outcome, that's great. Okay, but you need to understand that 
the mechanism of you having lost fat was you eating less food. That's it. It doesn't matter how you did it. Whether you eat 15 meals a day or one meal a day, it doesn't matter. It's the total number of calories you're consuming, the total number, you know, amount of protein you're consuming. That's what it comes down to. But like I said, there are different. So for example, for me, <clears throat> I don't get hungry in the morning, right? So in fact, some days I wake up and I feel like I you know, actually don't want to eat. So if I was dieting, um, or I have dieted in the past, I just won't eat my first meal until, you know, 11, 12, because I can do that fairly easily, right? If yeah. you if you don't feel like eating and you're trying to lose fat, then don't eat, obviously. Don't make yourself... Some people are like, oh, I have to eat a brick, I have to eat this meal. Like, that's not true. Like, eat, you know, the times... If you know you get really hungry or you really crave food in the evening, then try and save some of your calories, some of your food for the evening. Yeah, right? for the evening, you yeah, yeah, 100%. Later in the day and you get to the evening and you've got like 20 calories left and you're, you're craving food, then you're fucked, right? So th be sensible, be strategic, but find ways, you know, find ways of, of eating the right number of calories without it being horrible, basically. Yeah, I, lo I love the way how you've simplified that for a lot of people because I think a lot of people get that around their neck where they start saying you have to do this exact diet for 12 weeks and then always be on and and it's basically just a constant cycle that kind of punishes yourself and punishes yourself on you know it's never ending it's like all, 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 all athletes go through it especially boxers people like that that have to keep to weights and all that stuff but the general population and for a lot of people that listen to this podcast that just want to move better feel better look better you know and and operate at a better level and have more clarity throughout their day it's like you don't have to get up and smash 100 grams of carbs in the morning that's going to make you feel sluggish if, you, if you've got if you've got to go and if you want to go get two hours of deep work done do you know what i mean like and is a lot of people need to need to hear that mate one one thing that um that obviously massively inspires me about your journey is the fact that you you're obviously teaching at you know you came i think you went to uni studied teaching obviously and then you went into school and you were teaching pe you know when you're obviously when you're teaching PE was is that when you did what made you start doing YouTube and start putting out like that fitness content? So so I I was an athlete so I did the long jump and the dribble jump for like almost ten years got to a reasonably high level like I competed internationally that was like my thing I, I'm a very obsessive guy so if I want to do something I'm going to do it like balls out I'm not going to do you know what I mean I like to commit to something if I'm going to do it I want to be the best right so that's what I did with athletics. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately I got an injury so I had to retire from athletics I then had like a bit of like a, a gaping hole in my life right because it's one thing that I was like because towards the end of my athletics career I was full time I was training twice a day that's basically all I did right I had little part time jobs around it but that was my focus exclusively yeah. so when that suddenly just was taken away like I was like what am I doing I, I, I had no kind of you know focal no nothing to kind of really uh, pour my you know whatever my attention into Actually, my wife had suggested, she was like, oh, you know, why don't you make some YouTube videos? And like at the time, I wasn't really, I wasn't particularly versed with it, but like I just thought it would be a laugh. So made some videos like, and then started to get like a, a tiny bit of traction. And like, I just enjoyed the, I'm I'm like weirdly Rain Man, like I love like tracking progress. You know what I mean? Like when you can see like yeah. numbers, and like data and like you can see that kind of upward trajectory, I find that I get so obsessed with that stuff, you know, like so... With YouTube, you can see everything. You can see all your analytics, everything, right? It can be quite dangerous, but like you can see that stuff. And I just got hooked, um, started making videos, you know, semi-frequently, and then, yeah, kept going and eventually got some traction, and that was it, basically. I, I had a, I think I had, like, I mean, I say that was it. I mean, I had like a good three or four years of making videos every week and getting, you know, very yeah, little. No money, nothing. So, so, so important you say that because it's like when people, when people message me about, the podcast and they see me having some some success now and they see they see ah oh, you know you're number eight or you're number five or this that and the other in the charts and they're like oh you know it's going well and i'm like yeah but how many reps have i put in and how many how many hours have been put into this craft and you know you don't see the time that goes into it and but by you saying no oh, yeah i started doing a few videos and then i was there it's like nah four 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 years matt Four years, you. How many videos were you putting out a week for four years? There were times when I was making like five videos a week. Like I, I would have made probably a good, I don't know, five hundred plus videos. Like so that's you're looking at, you know, almost a full time job worth of hours. I was I was putting in there, and I was getting. You can look at my ad revenue. I made videos on it. I was getting literally no money. You know, I was getting no, yeah, thousand no, dollars was one. 
yeah, like so, who what who would do that, right? Who would work a full time job for like three, four years and get no money, like a, a weirdo, right? It's quite a strange thing to do, but ultimately that's what it takes, right? You get the odd person that gets lucky, but generally speaking, if you want to be great at something, you've got to be willing to absolutely kill yourself, right, to 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 get to that point, and then if you persevere for long enough, obviously, you know what you're doing has to be good, right? If you're if you're if you want to be an artist, but your drawing sucks, then like maybe reevaluate that. But if you're doing something that you genuinely believe, you know, you're good at and you've got potential, if you per if you're willing to persevere and keep going and work harder than other people that are doing that, then eventually, eventually, you will get some traction, you know. And that's what happened to me. Um, I just yeah, I just had to keep going, you know. You know, it was a combination of just being stubborn. Like I was like, well, you know, I've started now, but that, that yeah, it was kind of. I did in the back of my mind think, well, you know, I think I'm making decent videos. So if I keep going, maybe I'll get a break. And eventually, I did. Was it was it when you got that break? Was it was it like they say the hockey stick growth, where you went like 500 videos and then it just went boom and it just went off on on a, on a straight upward yeah, trajectory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so YouTube really, realistically, the best way to to grow. Obviously, you need to be making good videos, right? But you need to get a break. And the best way to get a break is to make like a viral a viral video. Yeah, same as any platform, really. If you if you have a video or a post or whatever that goes viral that gets you know like millions of views or millions of likes or whatever loads of engagement then that's a million people seeing your content and as long as the rest of your content is good and can back that up then they're going to stick around right and that's how you grow you, you so if you look at my kind of my views and subscriber growth you know you get like a plateau then you get a massive spike then it goes again then you get you know that's kind of how growth works right on, on, on social media so yeah i had um you the YouTube kind of fitness scene goes through different cycles of what's popular and what's trending. But back in the day, this is going back like what four, four, five years ago. It was like yeah. food challenges and like food. It was a massive focus on like food stuff, right? So I started doing. I did like a a ten thousand calorie challenge that got you know load. Like for my channel, got way more views than normal. So then I was like, right, let's go again. So I did like a fifteen thousand. Uh, I ended up doing like a twenty five thousand calorie challenge, which is horrendous, by the way, but. I got like, you know, from that video alone, maybe like 50,000 subscribers, which for me, you know, I'd, I'd, I think I think I basically like doubled my subscriber uh, count at that point. Um, and, you know, drastically increased the number of views I was getting. And so that was, yeah, I've had kind of <clears throat> different periods where I've had massive amounts of growth and it always comes down to like doing a or a few viral videos at that time. You know, I've had different periods of different types of viral videos, but the food ones, the the food challenges were the first ones that really kind of you know got my channel started and made me think, hang on a minute, there is you know because while I was doing it and being like, oh you know maybe I could do this in the back of your mind, you're like, oh you know is this a complete waste of time? I'm like you know walking around the streets holding my camera, filming myself like an absolute weirdo and getting like a hundred views on a video. Um, yeah. When you get a bit of growth, it kind of you know it helps, it fuels that fire. You think, do you know what? Maybe maybe there is a chance I could actually you know if I can keep doing this, maybe I'm gonna get a, you know like make a career out of it. It just dangles that carrot a little bit more because I, I, I remember when I first did my first podcast and it got like five or six listens and then and then like oh, I had 50 listens and I had 100 listeners. And it's like, you know, th th those days, they, they all lead on to where you get to now where you have tens of thousands of people listening to, to, to the content you're putting out. And, and, you know, you've got millions of people watching your videos and it's just it's just a lot of people can get lost in in the fact of like they look at someone like yourself and they see everything you're achieving and they see everything you've done and they think you're so far away from from where they can go themselves but they just have to get get in get into the mindset of doing the reps like you've done it in the gym you've done it on youtube as well yeah yeah no no i i, I did that i remember being like i said being a teacher having like you know like hitting a whatever a thousand subscribers and and um and looking at bigger YouTubers and seeing it as like such an unattainable thing, it seems so unrealistic. People that were making a career out of you know making videos, it was like a dream, but it didn't seem like a realistic thing, you know. But obviously, thankfully, I did continue, and then eventually, like I said, it it's it's not it's, it's not magic. You obviously again, I can't express enough. Obviously, you have to be willing. Yeah, you, know, you have to work so hard, but you also got to be clever. You have got to make sure you know your content is good. You're making the right kind of content. You're you know marketing it in the right way. But you've got to couple that with, like I said, that just relentless, you know, hard work because ultimately there's a lot of people doing that. A lot of people making good content. You've got to work harder or do something different to stand out to get that reaction. Yeah. You're willing to keep going. You've, like I said, you've got to, essentially, if you're starting social media now, any any business, right, you've got to be willing to initially take that hit, you know, to, to put in that investment of time or money or whatever it is 
you know, initially you're 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 going to get no return. In fact, I was you know because I was spending a bit of money on you know like camera equipment and videos and whatever, so I would have been like in a deficit. Right? I mean, it would have been costing me money, but eventually, obviously, it starts to turn around and then you get that traction. But yeah, I can't emphasize enough that you've that combination of making good content you know being clever about how you're doing it and then just keep going and going and going and going that combination is what you need to succeed pretty much in any walk of life right mate i i 100 agree with you it's like this, this podcast and like i was saying to you before everything that i'm doing now and everything that i'm building I'm, I'm 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 pumping cash into it to to take it to where i want to take it to you know to take it to that to that level that i want to get to you got to, You got to be willing to put your time, money, and effort into into that. You know, you, you can't be expecting to be cash flowing at certain stages because you've got to put your time, your money, and everything else where your mouth is. At the end of the day, um, a lot of people, a lot of people give up. I think too quickly before the uptick starts. And and yeah, there is it, there it, is. It was, it was that simple. Right? Everyone will be doing their dream. Everyone job. would it's do not it. That simple. Like most people, yeah, most people give up. You know, in the early days because it is pretty shit right you're like yes so many times so many times i was like what am i doing you know what i mean i'll be like missing you know nights out or missing events or like to go into meals with my mates filming myself and it's like so awkward and like you're like why am what am i doing like what am i doing do you know what I mean like but that that's yeah doing that kind of awkward stuff like at that point if you can do that and you can persevere then like i said there's a good chance you're gonna you know, you're going to get some traction, but you've got to be willing to put in that, yeah, that, the kind of, that, that time, that time, that time and effort. Yeah. The, ungla the unglamorous stuff. You're right. It's unglamorous. But one, one thing I noticed about, about you is you got married like really young, didn't you? Uh, I, I think it's, I'm 36. I think people think I'm younger than I am. I am actually, I mean, pretty old, right? So I got married when I was, was 2012. So like 10, like 10 years ago, mate. Yeah. So I'm, I got married when I was like mid twenties. Oh, you got my mid twenties. I see. I thought I thought you were married like real early twenties. But do do you think for, 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 in your industry, obviously, like attractive attractive guy going out there on YouTube, getting lots of attention on social media, obviously, you know, do, doing the shoots that you do, shirt off, tanned up, ripped up. Is it is it obviously you, you've 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 done the thing where you, you've got the wife, you've got a beautiful child. You know, do you know what I mean? Is is that something like? It's fair. I wouldn't. I would, it's not something you typically expect from someone like yeah, yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, of course, what? Of course, yeah. I, I think like it goes both ways, right? So on the one hand, you're right. Like most people that do what I do are single guys, right? And they're traveling around doing yeah. landship because they can, right? But but and that's great. But I think the other thing is that like I think one of the advantages I had and one of the things that was good about my lifestyle is that I think it was more relatable. I think people, if you're if you're like you know in some mad country driving like Ferraris, that's cool. But I think a lot of people, it, that just seems like a, you know, an unrealistic, like, fantasy, right? Whereas in my videos, you know, in my earlier videos, I'm, like, in Aldi and, like, you know, I'm just a normal person doing normal stuff. And I think people can relate to that more. The average person, you know, that's more realistic and that's more, like, you know, akin to what they're doing. I think that kind of worked in my favour in a way. I think people, yeah, found that more relatable and engaged with my content more because it wasn't some you know, mad, yeah. unrealistic existence, you know? So I think it kind of helped me in a way. And, and I mean, that's ultimately, that... that's what I'm doing, right? So ultimately, the, the best form of content is the the stuff that you're doing day to day because that is the most sustainable. If you're having to do some mad, you know, oh, tomorrow's video, I'm going to go skydiving with a monkey, right? You can't keep doing that. So you need to find things that are like reflective of what you're doing because then you can keep doing it because it is, you know, it's what you're doing anyway, right? So that's kind of, I think that definitely worked in my favor. Yeah. And, and not only on a content, on a content from a content point of view, but it's just like the authenticity of the fact of like, you know, you, you're a young lad, you, you got married to, was it a childhood sweetheart or? Yeah. We were friends at school to be fair. Yeah. 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 So, so you get married, you get married to a childhood sweetheart. It's just, it's just, you don't see that much these days happening at, at that level. And to, to be together t 12 years from, from our time, is like is a long time is is you know you see is a good is a good like length of marriage isn't it like oh, these yeah, days yeah, yeah. it's just it's it's just it's just great that obviously she's involved in some of the videos and obviously I see your little boy on Instagram and stuff like that he's getting involved sliding down uh, sand dunes with you and stuff and 
just messing about but like it does it does it does it get um does it get harder to stay in the same like physique being being in a like in the in the family environment or is it actually easier because you've got this because you've got the structure there with the, with the wife and stuff yeah maybe i mean i think like on the one hand right obviously if if you're a again if you're a single guy you, you obviously would have like i have two kids right so when you have when you have two kids there there are obviously some time constraints there like obviously i have less time to do other stuff but this is my job right like this is training is my job so i don't really have an excuse not to do that because that would just be mad like, i can always can always find time to train you know what i mean like anyone anyone that says they haven't got time to train what that means really is they don't care enough about it because anyone could find if they had to if their life depended on it anyone could find time to train right so that isn't a valid excuse but for me i'm very lucky that is literally my job so i'm always going to have time to do that um so yeah if you're a single guy you would definitely obviously have more time to go and do stuff but like i'm not do you know what I mean and like there's loads of amazing pros that come with like might like i have an awesome wife i have an awesome kids like my life is great so like i'm i'm happy with what i'm doing and like you said generally with that stuff comes like i guess a level of like maturity and like I feel like I'm good at doing things that maybe other, you know, if you're a single guy doing a different living, a different lifestyle, maybe wouldn't have that same, like, I don't know, you know, consistency and like organizational ability just to, you know, be in a, do stick to stuff, do certain stuff. Like you said, with the routine and the structure, um, generally, you know, having children and having, being married and having a house and et cetera, you generally develop the ability to, you know, have a, have your life in order, right? So like I can, generally function as a normal member of society and do things I need to do whereas maybe other some of my mates that aren't in that position maybe aren't so you know aren't so on it in that sense um so I definitely I mean I would say I would say for me it helps and like I said I think that helped a lot in terms of yeah making my content more relatable to the average person I think I think a lot of people yeah kind of yeah, I don't know, empathize or just just relate to that more. So yeah, it, 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 it is it is way more relatable because it's one it's one of it's one of the things I give you so much kudos for because obviously a lot of a lot of um, younger lads out there that are, that are on the come up think it's all about you know all the women all the fast cars just go out and get money and all this stuff but to see someone like yourself who's come up you know you've got you've done your app you've done your book. You've got your successful YouTube channel. You've grown your social media following. You know you've got a wife and two kids in a house, and you've done all that on the side. It's like it's it's pretty inspiring for a lot of men to see that that can be achieved from from that kind of environment. So kudos to yourself because obviously when I see you with, with Mike Thurston over in Dubai, like his his lifestyle is completely different again, isn't he? Same <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sa- yeah, sa- yeah, same yeah. same industry, but his his lifestyle yeah. is a lot more wild, wilder than yours yeah. is. I mean that. You can, you know, that you can do both. Like you can, I mean, two things. So, firstly, again, I'm 36, right? There's no reason if you're, if you're a, you know, a, a young guy doing this, and you're, you know, 20. There are guys that are like 18, you know, making a lot of money doing this. It's pretty mad nowadays, right? But you can do that. You can go and have a great time and do that. You know, it's just obviously at some point you don't have to. But if you want to settle down and do that, you know, at some point that's inevitable. It's going to happen. So it's about finding, you know, how you can make things work around that. And like I said, using it as like a as a, as a pro, you know, and using that to help your, your, like what you're doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, and also like, it's not, you know, again, like we travel loads. Like it, it's not like, you know, I'm, oh, great, I'm stuck in my house and that's it. That's my life done. Like you, we, we yeah. do loads of awesome stuff. You can still, there's no reason why you can't have kids and still do awesome stuff. And you know, like my, my older son, Luca, like he's been to, you know, he's like five and he's been to about a hundred countries. Like there's no reason why you can't do awesome stuff and have a great time as well. Isn't, you know, there's, there's not, it doesn't need to be some massive hindrance. Like, like I said, it's an awesome, you can see it as an awesome add-on, you know? 100%. And I think you're doing it in the right respect because obviously you're a young dad. You know, you get to spend all the, all the best years of your life with them. There's so many there's so many that, benefits that, to it. That's the best thing. That's the best thing, right? Like, I have lots of friends who just work, you know, regular jobs, like nine to five. And like, you know, I, I know guys that will see their don't see their children Monday to Friday because they're at what they go to they go to work you know before the kid gets up and they get home and they're in bed so like I'm so lucky that you know I work very long hours but I do it when I want to I'm doing it a lot of it from my house right so if I want to go and duck out for half an hour and go and hang out with you know like with my two sons I can do that you know whenever I want if they've got a, a swimming lesson or a football club or whatever I can go and do that and I can rearrange my stuff whereas other guys that aren't in that position obviously can't do that so it's amazing you know I, I get to spend so much more time with my kids than I would do ordinarily. So that's that's been awesome. If 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 you're one of those people, like girl or lad, 
you know, who's got, who's working like the 40, doing the 40 hour week thing, not really enjoying it, not really knowing exactly what to do, but know they want to work for themselves or know they want to create some kind of online income stream or do something along those lines. What kind of advice would you give them in order to set themselves up and start to pivot away from that 40 hour week? So I said the first thing is just like figure out what you want to do, right? That's the first. I think people sometimes fall into things that they think they should be doing, you know, rather than what they actually want to do. So that's the first thing, right? Is and it's not easy. Like I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know I wanted to be a YouTuber until I was like twenty seven, twenty eight, right? Like you don't, you don't always know that stuff, right? So yeah, like, it's fine. It doesn't need to be like a rush. You've got a long. You're gonna hopefully live to your like you know ninety hundred. So you've got plenty of time, right? But like figure out what you want to do, like try different stuff, see what stuff you enjoy. When you find something that you you love doing and you enjoy doing and you don't see it as a job, that's that's great, right? So I got to a point where like YouTube for me, like I was doing YouTube as a hobby. I did it in my spare time because I enjoyed doing it and now that's my job. So that's mad. That's obviously the ideal scenario. So try and find something that you feel, you know, similarly about you, you enjoy, you would do it for fun in your spare time. And once you've found that thing, just find a way to monetize it. Hopefully, it's something that you know that can be monetized, like ideally. And then it's like going back to what we said. It's it, you've got if you're already working a full time job. Obviously, you can't just quit your job and go and do that because presumably you've got bills to pay and stuff, right? And commitment. So you're going to have to find a way. Whether that's getting up earlier, going to bed later, doing you know in your lunch break on the weekends, whatever it is. Like when I was teaching, I had a I had a son. I was doing a full time job. I was also training as a powerlifter, competing. And I was making videos around that and it was very, very hard and it was very difficult to fit it in, but I made it happen because I wanted to do it enough. Do you know what I mean? So find yeah. what you want to do. If you genuinely want to do that and you genuinely enjoy it and you see it as like a long-term thing you'd love to do and be good at, then find a way to do it. Find time to do it. You will find time. Do you know what I mean? Like I always say 100%, this. 100%, you know, mate. But going back to the training thing, oh, I haven't got time to train, right? Let's say you're going to train for like an hour three times a week, and someone tells me that you know I haven't got time to do that. I'm too busy. Like, if I said to you, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a million pounds, right? If you just go and sit on this chair for an hour three times a week, I'm I'm telling you, you'll find a way to do it. You'll get up at three a.m. if you yeah. need to and go do it because you want that million pounds, right? So ultimately, if you're saying I haven't got time to do, it, you know, I'd love to do it, but I haven't got time. You don't, you wouldn't like, you're lying, you wouldn't have to do it. Do you mean? Don't lie to yourself. If you really want to do something, you will make it happen. Do you know what I mean? Like if I, if, if I had a gun to my head, I would make something happen because I would have to. Do you know what I mean? That's the way you've got to look at it. If you're not willing to do it to that extent, then it's probably not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? You've got to be willing to put everything on the line to achieve that outcome. Otherwise, someone else is going to want it more than you and they're going to go and do it instead, right? So that's the level you've got to be at. You've got to be willing, like I said, to, to find a way. Like there's no point thinking, oh, it's going to be really hard. I'm going to be tight. Ultimately, it's tough. If you want to do it enough, you'll find a way to do it. And by putting in that time now and going through that shit experience to make it happen, eventually you'll get to a point where it's you know it's awesome and you're making loads of money or you're having a great time. Your life's you know far more enjoyable, and you've you've earned that by putting in that initial stuff. But you can't bypass that stage. You know you've got to put in that initial um, time. Uh, 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 a hundred percent. And I think the first, the first way to identify s something that you shouldn't be doing is if you need motivation, because when you are doing the right thing, you're on purpose, you need no motivation at all to do it. Like I, I, I I'm, I'm here seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night doing, doing podcasts with people like yourself in, in the UK and America and stuff like that. And then, and then doing regular stuff throughout the day because I fucking love it. It lights me up. I want to speak to people like yourself. I want to do the podcast. I want to do this stuff. I don't need any motivation at all any day of the week to cut, to do this because it lights me up on a different level. And I think as soon as someone realizes that they need to be motivated to, to do something, then they're falling into a category where they're doing something because they think that's how, how society wants them or what they want them to do rather than what they truly want to do. And I think motivation, again, it's not motivation is bullshit. Like, it's not sustainable. Yeah. If you're having to... Yeah force yourself to go and do something or get like hyped up like come on i can do this how long can you do that for you can't keep doing that forever at some point that what well, that motivation is not going to be there and it's not going to happen so exactly like you said there mate it's got to be yeah. something you want to do you shouldn't need someone to to make you do it you should be doing it off your own back and if you're not then yeah maybe reconsider your your your, your choices i guess yeah it's like it's like like the other week i started jujitsu and and i do i do enjoy it but I like I like my boxing work more, and I've been doing it for forever and a day. So it's like 
am I going to keep forcing myself to go to jiu-jitsu just, just because I said I started it? Or am I just going to do what I actually want to enjoy? And I'm just like, well, if I want to do jiu-jitsu one day, I'll do it. And if I want to do boxing one day, I'll do it. But I'm not going to judge myself for it. I think it's the self-judgment that people have on themselves for what they what they want to do. Like they, 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 judge, they judge themselves so much for wanting to do something different that they, they taught themselves out of doing it. Well, like I said, it's, it's doing something out of the ordinary. Like, again, when I was, like, when I started YouTube, again, like, you know, I, I'm a vlogger, so I'm filming myself in public. So I'm, like, you know, walking around around Waitrose, talking to a camera. Like, that's such a weird thing to do. And at that point, again, I'm getting, like, you know, 100 or 200 views in the video. That's such a, like, as if. I remember thinking, like, what what am I doing? Do you know what I mean? What am I doing? But yeah. that is a, you get, like, stick off, you know, mates and colleagues and stuff. And even the kids at school were taking the piss, right? Like... But you've got to be willing. Ultimately, if you're going to be great at something or successful, you're probably going to have to do things that are unorthodox. Like if it was normal, again, everyone would be doing it, right? Everyone would be really successful and like having an amazing life that they love. Unfortunately, that isn't the case. And the people that go on and and achieve success generally are people that are unorthodox or that are willing to do unorthodox things that everyone else isn't doing because if everyone was doing it, it, it would be simple. It would be the norm. Right? Would, everyone was thinking, 100%. who is this weird guy filming himself walking around the, you know, like the, 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 the high street, but I was willing to do that awkward shit. And then as a result, I've eventually got to the position I'm in now. So yeah, don't be afraid to do stuff that your mates aren't doing. You know, don't be afraid to be the, the odd one out that wants to go. Cause they've got a, you know, a passion for something else. Just if that's what you want to do, then find a way to make it happen. 100% man. and talking about awkward things so some of the some of the fitness stuff that you've done in terms of like some of the way some of the stuff that you've put your body through over the years some of these random random training things that you've done I mean I can't I, I can't even think of some of the names of some of the stuff that you've done over the years but you've done some crazy fitness challenges that you've put your body through that I've seen what what <laughs> first things first is it just a content player is it just because you're generally intrigued about doing putting your body through that much hurt yeah i think i think it's a bit of both because i think on the one hand like in i mean i'm at a point now i've made like i don't even know but i think over 1500 videos like i've made every video doing this i'm i ran out of videos years ago so like there is a point where you're like right what can i film do you know what I mean so those kind of things like bodybuilder tries this or you know i try like trying those things it, it gives you content that's the first thing so I'll be honest, in some of the instances, I'm like, well, I'm doing it because it gives me a video to make, right? But a lot of the time, like, especially now, like, I'm doing stuff because it's awesome. So, like, the other day, I was up at the um, the London Aquatic Centre, you know, at the Stratford, like, the, like, the uh, yeah. Olympic Park. With Olympic Park, yeah. Yeah, yeah, who's, like, an Olympic diver. And, we, like, me and brother were doing, like, Olympic diving. It was, like, one of the funnest. It was, I literally loved it. It was so fun. But like, I got a sick video out of it as well. So that's that's the ideal scenario. If it's something that I really How hard is that diving though? That synchronized diving is so difficult. Yeah, though. yeah. It's you know what's the hardest thing, yeah, is like I cannot get my head around how <clears throat> that like same as gymnasts, they having that awareness in the air. So like we were trying to do like, you know, double back somersaults and stuff, yeah. And as soon as you take off, that's it. I'm out like oh, whatever happens, happens. Like I can't, it's happened so quickly. Whereas they're able to like be like, oh yeah, there's the ceiling, oh there's the water. Now I'm like having that awareness, being able to almost like slow yeah. down time and control what you're doing. That's like that blows my mind. That is, yeah, I definitely can do that. Because it's all about the entry you have into the pool with the least amount of splash, and they and they don't want to lean too far over and, and the legs fall in the water and that. And they, and they they can make all these micro adjustments, and it just goes to show you how, again, like like we were saying before, how someone who once someone's put hundreds thousands of hours into something that's when that's why when they do something they do it successfully that's why it comes successfully at that time because you're seeing them on day 10,000 day 3,000 and you're you're judging it on your day one and it's this is this is this is where most people are what was one of the hardest things that you've ever done in terms of like these challenges um let me think what have I done I've done a few bad, like we've done like, <clears throat> so my, <clears throat> it's getting better, but my cardio is like notoriously bad. Like I have the cardiovascular endurance of like a 95 year old lawn bowls player. So I really struggle with like anything endurance based. So we've done a few, like I did a, me and Mike actually, we had a period where me, where me and Mike were doing loads of different army fitness there. So we did like the British army one, Navy SEALs, did a few, and some of them have like long runs. We did the British army test and that had like a massive long, like hiking, like with bags and stuff. 
those are all pretty horrendous because again it's just it's not my strength you know doing something for like half an hour or an hour like non-stop is just not my this is not my forte you know so they were pretty horrendous well i did like a russian army test that wasn't that wasn't very nice uh i'd say i mean in terms of like fear so the dive one the other day <clears throat> that culminated right i did like a falling back somersault off a 10 meter board now that's the probably the scariest thing i've ever done like if you I love jumping off stuff, yeah, but if you stand on a 10 meter board and look down, it's very, very high. And so I had to stand with my back to the water and you've got to just literally stand there and just fall back. You know, you know like the trusting where you stand there and you fall back and someone catches you? Yeah. It's like that, but you're standing 10 meters off the ground and you do it into a pool and you just fall and your body rotates by itself and you land on your feet. But if you panic or you deviate, you do anything, like you're... You're fucked, basically. You're gone. He's, past, he's been like coughing up blood and stuff. Like if you don't land cleanly, if you don't stick to that position, but that is terrifying. Like you know, you're, you feel like you're committing suicide, standing there and letting yourself fall. Like it's, it feels like you're going against everything your body wants to do. Do you know what I mean? So that was, that was pretty much. I've said the, the scariest thing I've ever done, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I don't reckon I could do it. You know, because it's just, it, just falling backwards. That, that if you hit that water wrong, it's like hitting concrete. It hurts, mate. That, yeah, yeah, it does. It really hurts. Yeah, yeah. It's just having that thing. I don't know. Having the ability in your brain to like overcome that. Yeah, uh, you know, overcome your 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 body is like no thanks, and it's being able to overcome that and force yourself to do stuff, which I think is it's, a good thing. But I think sometimes probably isn't isn't the best in some scenarios. But yeah. It's 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 definitely it's definitely a men it's a, definitely a mental hurdle with all things like that. It's definitely a mental a mental plane. I mean I mean I'm saying I can't do it now. It's just because it's just not something you just really want to do. It's just yeah, mate, I, I suppose I, getting, I, I got to the pool and, and Dan was like, yeah, that's what we're going to try and do. And I, I, at that point, I was I was like, there is zero percent chance I'm going to do that. Like looking at how high it is, but yeah, yeah, I just did a few yeah, the, the smaller ones. Then yeah, the the good the good thing in England though is you you don't really have a choice because when you, because there's such a big you can't bottle it in front of people in england you just can't do it other places other places in the world you can get away with it in, in england you never live it down like you just can't you, you just it just I, goes I'm on like, forever i'm a big like peer pressure guy so you know like at school when everyone's like go on do that do that oh, i was the yeah, person like, yeah, yeah let's do whatever yeah. let's go and do it and i'll be like why have i done that like, that's yeah that's yeah it's like or, or someone's like oh, i bet you can't do that then that, yeah that's it I, then i in, invariably will try and do something you're basically describing our childhoods mate it's literally like people bantering bantering each other to do to do the dumbest shit in the world like it's literally that um when after you'd obviously been doing doing these videos and, and putting out this content for years and years and years and obviously you're starting to get some traction i just want to go back into this but you started to get like this is when you started to get the payoffs like you started to get deals with with people like jim shark and, you, and I presume you've got some other deals. At what point in time did those deals start to come into fruition? Is, and is that kind of when you when you knew in your head that, okay, this I'm on the right path here? Yeah. Yeah, so for me, so, yeah, I said I had like three, four years where I made almost no money at all, definitely nowhere near enough money to, to live off. And again, at that point, I'm a teacher, so like, I, and I've got like a mortgage on a house. I've got like, you know, we're, like we're going to be having a son, so like, that's obviously not a great time to be like, oh, fuck it, let's just leave school and go and try my YouTube. But like, I wanted to make sure it was going to be okay. So I got to a point where I was starting to make a bit of money off YouTube, but not, you know, not not really close to my school salary. Then I, what changed is I started doing online coaching. So I started like, this is again what most, back in the days, what everyone would do with a fitness channel. You, you Online coaching, so basically someone will pay you, you write them a training program, you keep in touch via email, and you know that, that 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 that's kind of what almost everyone in the fitness industry would do. I was doing that, uh, and within like a week or two of offering that service, I got a bank of like you know twenty clients. And suddenly, like my income from YouTube and the online coaching, so the social media stuff, was pretty much on a level with my school salary. And I was like, well, hang on a minute, you know, this is like a viable thing now, right? So when I got to that point, um, and I could see things, you know. Everything was kind of progressing in a fairly linear fashion. You know, YouTube revenue was going up, views were going up, like the coaching was going up. So it was like, I feel like it was a fairly safe bet, right? So at that point, I was very lucky. My school, the head of the school at the time, would, you know, they, they were all so cool and understanding. They let me go part-time. So I went down to working, like, I forget now, three or four days a week. And I basically slowly tapered down the, the school job um, whilst my YouTube was going. And then, you know, within like a... For six months from that point, every like social media snowballs can snowball so quickly. Like I, my, you know, my income just went 
social media shot up in you know so quickly it was ridiculous that I couldn't comprehend what was happening. So I just basically faded school out. So I went down to like four days a week, three days a week. I think eventually I was working like two days a week, and then I just at that point I was like, no, guys, this is kind of pointless now. Um, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I enjoyed it. It was a cool job. Like teaching is a bit shit now. The government have kind of ruined teaching, but I was lucky. I had a really cool PE department. Like that, it was a you know I. It wasn't, you know, I didn't love my job, but like I didn't dread going to work. It was cool and there were times and it was really fun, you know, so I was lucky in that sense, but YouTube was what I wanted to do, you know, so I basically faded, phased school out and eventually was just, yeah, full-time, full-time. Did, did, did the school at the time, did, did they go, because you're growing this big social presence, did, did like, the, the, like the, heads, the heads of the school have a problem with that? Again, kind I was very life. lucky. Like, I remember being in, like, you know, as a teacher, you go to, like, safeguarding meetings, like, every few weeks. So like, someone will come into school and talk to you about, like, you know, being safe online and blah, blah, blah. And, like, the first thing they say is, like, do not have any social media. Do not use your name on social media. And I'm there like a, a vlogger. Do you know what I mean? Like, the opposite to that. I was very lucky. Like, again, the head of my school was an awesome guy. He was really understanding. He was really supportive. They, they helped. All my colleagues were awesome. They, you know, they, 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 they helped me so much. Like, so... I was lucky in that sense because I think a lot of schools would have would have essentially said no, you can't do it. Do you know what I mean? So I was very lucky because, to be honest, at that point, you know, where YouTube wasn't really doing much for me. If the school had said, "Look, you know, I'm sorry, but you can't do this," I would have probably just sacked it off because I, I needed the money. That's, that's my job, you know. So it was pretty lucky that you know they were as understanding as they were. Um, but yeah, no, fortunately, like yeah, it all kind of worked out in the end. Yes, yeah, so, so so lucky because a lot of these kind of these kind of regimes can sh can shut a lot of people's dreams down like you're so lucky that they let you do it one of the one of the, one of the funniest things matt right was i had uh so when you released your book 24 7 body ages ago um and I, I did i didn't i didn't really know of you at this time this this is how i first came across you so I, I I was gonna have uh, James Smith on the podcast to release his book, and I had him I had him on a podcast in Australia, had Smithy on, and I noticed before that I don't know what happened, but your your like your book cover and his book cover looked similar, and you was having banter online about it. That's how I, that's how I came that's how I first oh, that's came funny, across yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got and like I mean, it's part of my hammered for that. I, mate, I did got... like I feel like Penguin mugged me off to be honest, but basically like. <laughs> they came to me with some book club <laughs> options and I like at that point I didn't know like I hadn't again my I should have done some market research I hadn't looked at what other books were like yet so I was like oh that looks cool you know nice bright cover let's go with that and then I put an Instagram post up being like here's the new book guys and then there were so many comments being like like people <laughs> people were saying like the little James Smith bit like B-Tech James Smith and I've yeah, on his yeah. book and it literally was like exactly the same cover. It was like the most awkward yeah. thing. So like, I messaged him and was like, look, mate, I'm really sorry. I had no idea. Like, I'm going to get them to change the book cover. And we changed it. Like, but yeah, that was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty awkward. Yeah, it, that, 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 that's, literally, that's literally how this podcast came about because I came across you because I, 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 did, I did, his book, uh, did his book launch on my podcast, obviously here in Australia where, when he was doing his book tour and stuff. And um, yeah, that's that's literally how I came across you. And I saw I saw how much, um, you know how how I think I think the the story goes from his side was the fact of like I think he turned down a deal with them to go with Harper, didn't he? And and I think that I think I think they I think they think they still have the design of the cover and they've they've used it they've they've stitched you up with it and put put it on yours. I think I think to be fair, yeah, like although. I mean, like I said, it was it was literally the same. It was ridiculous. When I saw that, I was I was annoyed because I felt like that they put me in a bad position, right? But anyway, I think to be fair, if you're gonna if you're a guy doing a health fitness book, there's only so many ways. If you go into the so shop, many right, colors, yeah, yeah, book, yeah, and you all look pretty similar. It's like either your face or your torso. It's probably gonna be red or blue or green, you know, a bright primary color. And then it's got a title. Like, there's only so many ways you can alter that. Do you know what I mean? So there is kind it, it of like just a formula. So unfortunate. Yeah. Book. But yeah, in that instance, it, it was like when I saw oh, his book, I was lit. It was like the most. Oh, yeah, I was like, "Fuck, are you kidding me?" Like, it's I, literally the same. I, I laughed, and, and James was saying how much of a nice skeezer you were because he spoke to you. Because he's saying how much of a nice guy you were. Because it, because because I think Diran went in on you, didn't he? Like Diran went in on you, and like and a few other people went in on you, and then they're they're all feeling guilty because of how much of a nice guy you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I messaged him. I sent him a voice note because I just thought like you can, yeah. If you didn't know someone, you'd think, what is this guy? What is this guy doing? But yeah, I wanted to make sure he knew that 
I wasn't just some absolute psycho who just completely rinsed his book cover. Yeah, mate. It's, I just had to mention it on this podcast because it did make me laugh. But, <laughs> but, but mate, but before 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 we wrap it up, mate, and I let you go because I know you have got a lot of stuff to do and all that razzmatazz today. But one one thing I ask a lot of guests, and I want to ask you to set the same thing too, is is kind of like if. If you had to go back, yeah, if you had to summarize everything you've learned in life from your YouTube journey, from teaching and from everything else you've done, being an athlete at a decent level and all that stuff, and you and you you can't leave the world with anything, you can only leave it with a, like a pearl of wisdom. You could like, you know, what one paragraph like you can give to people and it just kind of hits people right between the eyeballs to make them to make changes in their life. Like, what kind of what would you put down? What would you lay down for people in terms of like what piece of advice would you give them? in order to go and take what's theirs in the world? That's a, that's a tough one. I, I think, like, okay, it's hard to say this stuff without being, like, super cliched and cheesy here, but I think, for me, like, the biggest thing, and it's, like, semi-depressing, right, is realising that, ultimately, you're going to die, right? Like, everyone is going to die. Like, you have, obviously, a limited amount of time you're going to live, and that's it. That's your existence, and it's just done. It's just finished, right? So, I think... Obviously, you need to have an extent of, like, you know, realism and, like, don't be... Don't just go mad and just quit your job and become like a hippie or whatever but at the same time right if you are doing if you are spending the majority of your existence doing stuff you don't like doing like what are you doing do you know I mean you're literally gonna die and then you've just spent your life doing shit stuff like that blows my mind like again i understand people have commitments and you have things you have to do right but if, if you are doing something you don't enjoy doing like i think you've really got to you know consider is that the best use of your time you know if you spend your 20s and your 30s doing a job you don't like you're never getting those years back that's done you've lost that time right i know like you know so many people that are now retired that spent like 40 years of their life doing a job they didn't like so they could just get to retirement age and retire and now they're old and they're like you know bed bound or whatever like i i literally can't get my head around that so if you want to do something right do whatever it takes to make it happen. Like I can say with complete confidence that if you have a, an ambitious goal or a dream or something you want to achieve, right. And you have a go at making it happen. Like even if it doesn't happen or it doesn't happen straight away, you will regret that you, you will regret that far less than, you know, being 10 years down the line and being in the same job you don't like or living the same lifestyle you don't like. Like, the people that are doing something mad that you look at and you think, oh, that's unattainable. They've got to that point by taking a risk or doing something out of the ordinary. And if you're not willing to do that, then the chances are you're going to stay doing what you're doing. And, you know, that may be fine. You don't have to do mad stuff. If you're happy doing what you're doing, that's amazing. Keep doing it. You know, you don't have to do crazy mad stuff. But if you're not content or you're not happy with what you're doing, then try something else. Don't wait a year or two years or three years because you're going to end up in the same position, but you've just wasted those two, three, four years of your life doing something you don't want to do. Do you know what I mean? So just give yeah. stuff a go. Like find a way to make something happen. Try new things. The worst case is that it doesn't work out and then you can go back to doing what you're doing and have another go, right? But if you, the, the biggest regret I think you can have is not having tried something. You know, like when I was an athlete, like, I wanted to get to the Olympics. Now it didn't happen, but I know I couldn't have done anything more. I put like you know my everything I had into it. it didn't work out, but I'm I'm content in knowing that I tried as much as I could and I couldn't have done anything more. And if I hadn't done that, you know, or you know, being a YouTuber at school, like, I could have easily stopped doing it, but I kept going, you know. And if and if I had stopped doing it because it was too awkward, right now I'd still be a teacher. I'd probably I'd, I'd, I'd you know I'd have a good life. I'd be happy. I'd still have the family and the kids, and it was, it's all good. It's fine, but. The whole time I'd have been thinking, I wonder if I'd carry on doing YouTube, you know, would I have got anywhere? You know, I'd have that yeah. nagging kind of doubt in my head. So you don't want to have that. Like you want to try things and fulfill things and maximize your potential in different areas of life. And you won't know until you give it a go, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I, I can say you with confidence that you won't regret doing that, but you will regret not doing it. So just try stuff, you know, try stuff. And if you're not happy, then do stuff that makes you happy taste lots of different things do lots of different things embrace embrace different ways different mentalities just just literally like lean lean into whatever yeah, lights yeah. you up because even if you try something yeah even if you try something and you hate it and it's shit you now know that shit so you can do something else but you don't know unless you try stuff you know so just be yeah 
be open-minded, like say yes to stuff, try stuff, like, and yeah, you, you might end up in a mad awesome position that you never thought you could. I don't you know could, if you've, you you've heard this story before, but there with Mr. Beast and what Mr. Beast did, Mr. Beast was creating videos like you on YouTube early doors. And he literally recorded a video and set it to publish in five years time. Right. And he created this video about, you know, where he hoped he'd be in five years time and set it to publish in five years time and then just got to work and just kept doing the reps. And then when this video automatically published in five years down the track, he couldn't believe how far he'd come from doing that video. And it's like if, he, if all, all he all he reminded himself of doing was kept, you know, invest in time, effort and keep doing the reps. Then he made some money. Then he invested all the money back into the next video and the next video. And just kept building this perpetual motion, which is exactly what you've done. At the end of the day, and, and all of you listening, I've got to listen to, to Matt because at the end of the day, Matt's gone from zero to 300 million um, views on YouTube. You know, he's the biggest fitness influencer in the UK. If you can't get anything from that on, you know, vlogger on YouTube, if you can't get anything from that, I don't know who you can get it from. So, mate, I just appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate your time coming on here today. And uh, I'm hyped, mate. When I'll catch up with you when I, when I'm back in the UK, I'm sure. Um, get you, Ryan, Ryan, Terry on the podcast, and get and get Mike on there. Same time, get a big sofa, all of you on there. We'll do it. We'll do we'll do, do a big podcast when I'm back in the UK. But, mate, I appreciate your time. Just drop um, drop. Obviously, people can get your book from Amazon. I'll put a, I'll put a link below the podcast as well for you um, for, to your book. And what, anything else you, any, where can people find you? Obviously Matt does fitness on Instagram. Where else can people find you? Yeah. Yeah. Just type in Matt does fitness, like Morsi app. You want to get the greatest fitness app on the planet. Just go on like morsilimited.com. Type in Morsi, like you'll find it. It's an amazing. Yeah. Sick, right, sick. And guys, do me a solid favor. Set, uh, drop me and Matt a message. Let us know what you got out of this podcast. That'd be hyped. Drop a comment on YouTube, subscribe on all the channels, Apple, um, and everything else, Spotify, do us a solid favor. And that, my friends, is Matt Morcia, and that is Matt Does Fitness, and the geezers just done it all. Much love, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.